InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. A fascinating study found that artificial lights, such as street lights, can result in early births and underweight babies. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. It's been billed as a first-of-its-kind study. Researchers looked at nighttime light pollution and found that this light could produce serious consequences for pregnant women and ultimately their babies. And this may provide an important lesson for all the rest of us. My guest is Laura Argus, professor of economics at the University of Colorado, Denver, which collaborated with Lehigh University and Lafayette College on the study. Professor, what did you discover may happen with pregnant women and their babies when this light pollution is repeatedly present? We looked at exposure to artificial light at night, which is one source of light pollution, sometimes referred to as sky glow, and increases in light exposure at night during pregnancy has been found to increase the incidence of preterm births, that is decreased gestational length, and lower birth weight. And would that be by about 13%, those preterm births? It is. It's a little bit difficult to calibrate because each of those is for a particular change in light exposure. So the magnitude depends on the change in light exposure. But if we look at variation across residents living around large cities in our sample area of New Jersey, that's about a one standard deviation change. That is about a third of the people experience variation in light that reduces the observable stars, which is how we measure that light exposure, by about one third. So in a typical range of increases in light exposure, yes, that's about a 12% increase in the probability of a preterm birth. And either way, either it's shorter gestational length or preterm birth or premature baby, being born premature is somewhat dangerous, isn't it? It is. So prematurity and low birth weight, you're right, they often go hand in hand, carry with them health risks. In infancy, obviously, the risk of infant mortality or morbidity, various childhood afflictions, the probabilities increase with preterm birth. It's even been found to be associated with cognitive development through early childhood, and in some cases, longer-term health impacts. And I note that the Center for Disease Control and Prevention reported that in 2018, preterm birth and low birth weight accounted for roughly 17% of the deaths of infants, that is, deaths before one year of age. So something to watch here. Now, you mentioned sky glow. Can you describe some of the types of light that contribute to sky glow or are comprised of sky glow? So sky glow is really anything that interferes with your ability to see the nighttime sky. That's how the data are collected. But it can come from a huge variety of sources. Street lights are a common source of sky glow, even lighting on our housing. But various retail activities, lights in parking lots, lights in shopping areas, all of those things comprise sky glow. And this kind of light can interfere with our body's natural processes that make us less wakeful two times in a 24-hour period. These are roughly, I believe, one to six in the wee hours of the morning and uh, two to four in the afternoon. Is that right? We don't have clear data on sleep outcomes. We know sort of average sleep duration 
and we look to make sure that the data we're using are correlated with sleep disruption as it's referred to. What's been found is that exposure to artificial light at night changes melatonin production. And for any of you who've traveled, melatonin's often recommended to improve sleep. So a reduction in its natural production is likely to disrupt sleep and result in less constant sleep or sleep of lower duration. All of that can have impacts in health in a variety of ways, but for pregnant women, it's sometimes associated with inflammation and has been found to be correlated with adverse birth outcomes of the type that we're looking at. We're visiting with Laura Argus, professor of economics at the University of Colorado, Denver, on a study showing that light pollution can increase the likelihood of premature births by around 12%. Professor, does the light pollution make it harder for people to get to sleep, or once asleep, might it wake them up or at least compromise their sleep? So I'd love to say that our study allows us to answer that question, but it really doesn't. The advantages to this study are we're using information about a light source that's measured from the ground, which is where humans experience light. Many of those studies look at light as it's projected far up from satellites. And we have information on a really large population of outcomes, so births throughout New Jersey for four years. What we don't have is very detailed information on those exact individuals' actual sleep experiences. So we're able to document an important link between light exposure and these adverse birth outcomes, the precise mechanism isn't really something that this study can address. And you've talked about this study being important for public policy decision-making. What do you believe should be done about these outdoor light sources? This is sort of an interesting application of what's a really broad literature in pollution and environmental quality and health. And in much of the work that's been done on air pollution, for instance, very few people would say, well, air pollution is necessary. We'd like to have it. But that is the circumstance that we face with outdoor lighting. There are benefits to having it, and many of us think that outdoor lighting in our neighborhoods is actually a good thing. It improves safety. It's certainly been shown to be related to reductions in crime, and it allows us to do economic activities in the evenings. So there are clear benefits to artificial light at night, the public provision or even private provision of outdoor lighting. The problem is there are also health implications. Birth outcomes are not the only health consequences that have been linked to lights, although this is one of the most direct in terms of sky glow. And so I would simply encourage policymakers to think about when the benefits occur, where they occur, and whether they're also incorporating additional health risks that may not carry with them benefits that are as large. There's even some nuances to policies that can be implemented that keep the benefits intact but may allow us to mitigate the health consequences, like shielding streetlights that directs the light to its intended target, but minimizes the ambient glow from the lights that would have more serious health consequences. Laura Argus, Professor of Economics at the University of Colorado, Denver. Thank you so much for joining us today. Great. Thanks so much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.